Hello and welcome back to the Pilgrims Podcast. My name's Archie and joining me this week is Tom and Chris. Chris, we've got to thank our sponsors, Swat. Who, by the way, average a score of 4.5 out of 5 on Google reviews, including comments from Darren J. Beanie. Awesome! Ashton Wagstaff. Got a set of kits from a fiber side team. Couldn't be happier with a product. Cheap and good quality. Arrived quickly. Would definitely recommend. And Ellis Welsh. Order a kit for our new six aside team. Brilliant. Was. Best thing about that, Chris. Best thing about it, Chris, as well, is there's no minimum order quantity. There's no extra cost for any added design elements. And it'll be with you in four to five weeks. And they accept orders not in Jenna. They do, they do. And uh, you can go to www. three W's, by the way, for anybody who want us to doubt, swaz.co.uk for loads of more information. Evening, guys. How are we doing? Yeah, very happy, mate. Very, very happy. Very it's, happy. It's, it's, is it obvious? I've got one eye on the uh, FA Cup game. Yeah, 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 sport, how, yeah. How are we doing? What? Where am I? Oh, we're recording the podcast. <laughs> yeah, currently, currently three two to Man United. Another, um, yeah, another thriller. It looks like, doesn't it? Yeah, or whatever uh, happens, it's been great. It's minute eighty, isn't it? So basically, if anybody's listening to the first ten minutes, is pardon, know what happens. People spot uh, the movements in our voice based on uh, what we see. Right, Tom. So we're coming to the end of the FA Cup weekend. You had a bit of an impassioned uh, speech about it last week. Has it lived up to your expectation? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Allen Road, one of the great football stadiums of now and in uh, football's heyday, if you like, maybe. 70s, 80s, 60s. Um, and with Plymouth Argyle, we went there and matched them. I don't think it was, uh, you know... It was a. I don't think it was a performance that you'd associate with uh, an underdog going and putting something unexpected in an FA Cup tie. I felt like if that was a league match, we could have probably done something similar. Um, yeah, and it's great, you know. And we'll we'll remember that for a long time. Going to Leeds and you know turning the game on its head like that. Yeah, I know they made a few changes, but so do we. And a few of our uh, first choices out or unavailable for various reasons. And I was really happy with the progression during the game. And and that's happened twice in a row now where we've grown into games. Um, and I like that because it shows that the uh, team are aware, shows the management of the side is effective. Yeah, lots to be uh, lots to be happy about, Archie. And we're still in the and we're still in the cup. We're one of the last 22, 23 sides in it as as at time of recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh Chris, what <laughs> Were you happy to see a very Plymouth-based uh, midfield three local lineup, so to say? Well, I think the first thing to say is that it felt yesterday's game in a good way. Felt like the kind of dessert to the Maidstone main course, right? It, it's been quite a weekend, depending on how broad your sporting interests are. Like, I'm exhausted because it's all I've done or not done. Mm. Um, so I think, yeah, I think on the back of that, it felt like a neat segue. You know, an underdog beating the team that we just beat last year and then seeing that we yeah 
effectively anchoring our midfield with two locals did feel very FA Cup. I'm not saying it was the side was chosen for that reason. I think there was quite a lot of comments after the game on why that was selected. But yeah, it did. There was something quite nice about the A, the Cup, B, yeah, we can talk about whether it worked or not, but we have players coming through that are getting games. Um, yeah. And to Tom's point, also, I really, really enjoyed the game yesterday. Really enjoyed it. All right. Um, Tom, Caleb Roberts, give us your thoughts on his performance. Bold selection choice to start with. Um, I will always go easy on a young player um, making a step up like that. I don't think anybody would have had Caleb starting on their bingo card. Obviously, Houghton mm. was injured, I believe. Um, we're light yeah. in midfield following the recent exits and those that we brought in a cup tied. So it looked like it came down to a choice between him and, and Matt Butcher. Um, Aaron was on last week talking about role, role profiles in uh, in Foster's teams. So um, that was good to see. Um very good, uh, but deep learning experience for Caleb. Um, and and there's a, look, there's another thing. Does 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 Caleb learn as much if he plays away at Grimsby as he does at Allen Road against good sides? So another reason why, you know, being in the fourth round of the FA Cup, drawing away to Leeds United, is great for us. We're st- we we should we should remember who we are. We should still be humble to uh, realize that that's a good draw for us and the kind of games we want to be playing. You asked about Robert's performance specifically, Archie. He he had a he's a, he's in a role that I'm not familiar with. I, I've seen him in midfield a couple of times, but I kind of thought he was a bit more of an attacker than a than a CDM. Right. Um, yeah. I feel like he might have been put there out of necessity, where I've seen him appear previously. But you know, obviously, in very short cameo appearances, um, he'll learn from it. Look, I, I, we can't deny it was laden with sort of mistakes and. Um, looking a little bit out of his depth. Um, but my expectations of Caleb were low. I don't mean that harshly, Archie. I just mean it's, you know, it's not like Caleb's, you know, owes us anything or anything. He's there to learn. Mm. Um, yeah. He, he would have learned very quickly because it, it, it was a, it was a tough day to be making that kind of appearance early on in your career. Yeah. Sorry. I've gone very quiet. As you've been speaking, just looking at his, um his page on FOTMOB and he's only played 31 minutes before, for yesterday and that was coming on as a sub against Leighton Orient at home way back in August and he was on the bench at Boxing Day against Cardiff so it was a hell of a decision wasn't it to put him in like you said possibly there wasn't a lot of choice we had three players who were two were cup tied one's a Leeds player obviously so Poss and then Houghton injured like you say so maybe there wasn't any choice but um, yeah huge, huge what a moment for him what a moment mm. to be playing at Ellen Road uh, however old he is 18 FA Cup fourth round, huge, and then Adam knowing, Randall next to him. Knowing that the uh, yeah, that's great. By the way, two Plymouth boys in central midfield. It's mm. <laughs> Leeds a very possession based side under Daniel Farker. His Norwich sides were so. Um, whilst it's it, it's it sounds great that we're giving our players a chance to put you, you're putting a lot of expectation, not me as a fan, but as the manager on, in controlling possession in your central midfield against the Farker side. I believe you. Mm. Um, so a lot was expected of him. And and as it's as the weekend's gone on, Archie, and knowing that we got a good result and it wasn't overly well, we won't know as to how pivotal it was on the result. Um, I want to take the positives from it that Caleb was able to show some 
stuff in training to get himself a chance. That's very, very encouraging. One that our manager's open to it because we did think maybe from the Cardiff selections that Ian Foster has an idea of what he wants people to do and he's going to stick with what he knows. Yep. So that was very, very good to see. Um, and that's 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 the positive I'm taking from it. And Caleb will come out of that a, a wiser and uh, more experienced player, I feel. That could have gone either way. Chris and I were discussing it during the game. Um, but it was it was it was good to see him get his time, but it was also right for him to to come off because he'd um he'd uh, done his shift by that point and um hindsight would show that putting Butcher on at that point was the right thing to do. Mm. I, I remember seeing Cooper. I think I was there. You know, one of those things where you think you might remember something, but then you need to check. Um, I'm pretty sure I was there. We played AFC Wimbledon away. It was one of when Cooper had just come in. And he looked like a kid playing men's football, right? At the time, he kind of was. And there was a little bit of that yesterday, I think. And again, not want to be overly harsh, but there was a lack of experience, a lack of muscle and, and other things. But I really agree. I think that hopefully in two or three years' time, we're looking back and going, oh, I remember when he came on at Leeds and had a bit of a tricky cameo, but now he's grown into a great footballer. Um, I like the intent. I really do like the intent of mm. youth. And, it's, and it fits with the manager, right? I've seen good off the field with a young player. I will play them. Mm. Um, also, of- also, just actually on that, I agree with Chris oh, completely. And it's good to remember that um, when somebody comes on and does really well, replacing somebody who's had a hard time, mm. there's a bit of recency bias. But obviously, you, that player's coming on with fresh legs. I think it's quite easy to write off the work that somebody does um you know sort of tiring the opponent out so you know butcher comes on with fresh legs you know if caleb had done you know literally nothing he would have had a lot of work to do wouldn't he but you know there there would have been bits and bobs he would have done tiring his opponent out or setting an expectation of his opponents in the game which butcher was able to change um so it wasn't it wasn't a you know, it wasn't a disappointing contribution. I think it's a little harsh on him because he's sort of features in the highlights reel of the first half. You know, I just think a couple of the his poorer touches yesterday did lead to chances, so he features in the high, highlight reel. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, we, we're still in the cup. We've got a point, and we've got um, we've learned a bit about a young player and our manager. So all in all, it, we've concluded it's a it's a positive. And yeah, I like the I like the risk taking, like um, uh, Chris is saying furthering our own talent, you know, our own players and giving them encouragement. I think it's also fair to say, you can edit this out, if he was born in Exeter, we'd probably be a little less, um, like there is a bit of green coming through this, but that's good. That, like, that, you need that. You know, I'm glad we're not Man City and just sticking another 75 million person that we picked up because we can. Like, that. that's part of it, that you want these players to do well because they're local, unashamedly Mm. partisan. Uh, you guys have both mentioned Foster, learning more about him. He held his hands up in the post-match interview, saying he uh, took took the blame for the first half performance, Chris, and that he blamed perhaps that the language he used wasn't clear enough. Interesting, isn't it, to see a manager coming out and, um, you know, being honest, holding his hands up compared to other managers who blame, <laughs> who blame just about everything not- apart from themselves. I'm not the only one whose social media thinks that I'm a Stoke fan. Then it just keeps <laughs> keeps serving up 
random content from a certain somewhere. Um, Yeah, serious point, though. It is a serious point. Um, Semi. (laughs) Above everything else, I quite like the way he actually talks about the game. (laughs) It's almost like that's gone out of the game these days. He will actually answer a question around Mm. broadly what he was trying to achieve and why he did it rather than mm. talking for a long time and not really saying anything. And also just how serious he looks throughout the game. Like, yeah. it's a guy who's studying what's going on, right? Um, and it maybe helps that we haven't lost yet. And maybe would we be saying this if we lose heavily to somebody? But there is a thing. He carries a certain presence mm. that even comes across watching it on the TV, that there is, he's a coach. That's what he looks like. He looks like a coach. So I'm glad we got him. Yeah. It's about the language there, Archie. I mean, um, a, a certain manager of another club in red and white used the words non-negotiable in the uh, post-match of his, which I watched, which I shouldn't really, because it should get him out of my head, um, which I thought was interesting. What I've concluded on Foster, sort of two or three matches in, is there's a healthy sort of arm's length from his relationship. Now, I don't know if that's being managed by the club or our PR team where he's not sort of kissing the badge or thumping the chest or whatever, but it feels healthy that it's a little bit more transactional. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's deliberate. It might just be how he is, or it might just be the board have just gone with the best person, best skill set, and they're obviously learning more about him as he goes into games. Um, as long as he's popular with the team and it gets results, I mean... That'll work for me because I'm I'm not in a world where I believe Ian Foster, you know, decided in three weeks that he's going to be green and white till he dies and live here and retire in thirty years or whatever. Um, I think it's quite healthy, and I think it makes him a bit more objective. If I can be a bit what, boring for a second, can I um can, can I press you? What I agree with you, but I can't. I'm, Alex said it privately to me the, the other the other week about that tra- that transactional nature of Foster. What do you what do you think specifically? So not not the fist pumping, for example. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just I I think he's saying all the right things, but I don't think he feels like he has to convince anyone. I feel like Ryan Lowe had to convince people that mm. you know Argo were on the up. I'm not blaming him for that. I think that was part of his brief. If I'm being honest, but mm. I like that Ian Foster's come in and doesn't feel he needs to do that. I think he's more like, I've got a responsibility on the detail. I'll talk to you about specifics. Like Chris was saying, he talks about things happening in the match and very direct, um, you know, non-cliche representation of what's going on in training or the current situation. I feel that's no. very honest. Um, and I don't need him to pretend that he loves us and will be with us for 20 years. Um, mm. Because I just don't think that's a... If you set that out from the start, I think that's a real positive sort of expectation to set um and let's think of sort of Derek Adams we had a we had Derek Adams on the pod didn't we which we enjoyed a lot and Derek sort of worked his way into our hearts a little differently didn't he um I'm watching Newport now where I went to Newport to watch us win away when Derek was the manager and he comes salutes the fans at the end but to think that Derek was like loved as a personality for like like Ryan Lowe was or Stephen Schumacher would, would be wrong he was sort of love for his eccentricity um Mm. so there's more than one way to skin a cat and i think that it's wise that foster's going about it this way it might not be a a play actually it might just be who he is but if 
if it either way, it's a good match for us right now. No, absolutely, absolutely. And he's about it's a bit older, isn't he? Than than Schumacher and Lowe, off the top of my head. Okay. Um, I think I think he also went, you know, abroad to buy tax-free coats. He's got an incredible <laughs> selection of expenses. He's got a great range, is he? Yeah, <laughs> every every game he comes out with a another thousand dollar coat. I, I, I just everything I've just said. He talks. He talks about football, and that is not something that happens a lot when you watch a lot of football. No, and I get the impression got... that the moment he's finished a game, and it's a cliche, is he's thinking, "What have I learned? What do I put into practice?" That's mm. how he carries himself. You know, making this up, but yeah, no. more so, so than what... he gets. I think he'll get the fans on board by the performance of the yeah. team rather than himself. And, and I think the fans will appreciate being treated like adults as well. Or have let me, or have someone possibly a bit more mature speak. Um, Tom, what do you think he changed? Then what do you think Foster reflected on at halftime to um, turn the tide around in the second half? Um, well, I, I can't speak for specifics because I'm not as skilled as him, but I can only see for what I saw, and I saw mm-hmm. some positivity. I won't just leave it at that because that's a bit vague and cliche. But I felt in the first half a lot of respect was shown, and by that I mean particularly on the press. Felt like we didn't fancy our chances to put pressure on them because we felt Leeds might get out of it. And in the second half, that appeared not to be the case. We seemed to be very um, happy to take risks at going into close duels with with the hope of getting the ball out of it. Our goal came from um, you know a few of us, a few of our players gambling on second balls and creating something from narrow spaces. Um, and I didn't see that in the first half uh is that because leads are good maybe um i only learned really from the post-match that ian foster probably gave them uh instructions to press a little harder um it was refreshing to hear him because again it whilst we assume what he's doing is very technical i think he we need to be a little bit big picture i suppose that's what makes you a coach into a manager is you've got to get inside the players heads um and that's what i learned from it he saw it as a bit of a mentality switch um, I know he seems to associate that with language, Archie, as where well. in my head language might have been yeah. used for, for um, technical decision-making. Yeah, and it's interesting you say that maybe you and I are reading the same article right now, which make, would make for a good podcast. Um, <laughs> he, he said it wasn't a tactical adjustment, it was our principles of how we play that changed. Essentially. So if you want a moron take, right, with no evidence... Your, your I, words, I, not mine. Yeah. I'm your man. Um, could, it might have even been as simple as when I said we need to keep it tight at the back I didn't mean that means we stop playing going forwards mm. <laughs> and obviously the substitution played a big role in it but if we're talking language and other things and not communicating stuff that's how it felt I mean, last time we went there we had a good second half but we were, we were dead and buried Yesterday, you know, for the positivity, we were a decent challenge away from nil-nil. No, they had lots of chances, but it was a good finish to a goal that on another day someone would have got in the way of. And it, you know, we weren't overrun in the way that we were last time. Really. Yeah, and and to me, maybe it was that simple. Like, you know, I do want us to do all the tactical things that I'm pushing into you, but don't forget that I still want you to do the good stuff. 
He's trying to find a balance, isn't he? Because we're definitely tighter under him. I feel like we're not gifting goals away. Um, I know that Cardiff one was a bit soft, but uh, bear in mind what we're doing on the, on the shoeback. There's, there's an element of luck or fortune to any game. Yeah, they, they hit the post and bar in quick succession. So there's a world where that just goes in and it's 2-0, then it leads to 3-0, 4-0, whatever, and it's not relevant. So I think he's right to point out Archie was happy the first half because there, there was a world where we could have been dead and buried. If we hadn't got the rub of the green, that would have all bear in mind that would have been the case with our previous manager. But with our previous manager, we were also gifting goals and passing across our box and making big mistakes. So you needed the luck to go your way for that, and you needed to not be picked up on your errors, which is often why we needed to score two or three goals to not lose a game. Um, so that's encouraging, and he's going to have to find a balance because we know, you know, we've done loads of pods on this, we know we've been weak at being easy to make chances against and um he'll have a focus of this is how we do better at that and those people will be onboarding that information my fear and and i think we saw it for the start is is that that compensates for you know remembering what you meant to do in the game core values of the club which is to entertain that is the brief he is under instruction to do that as well as win games um and that's how it felt in that first half i felt like we didn't compete trying to um Somewhere right, else. and and agree with Chris. I felt like it, our our work that we did to keep ourselves solid actually prevented us from competing the game. In the second half, we were competing. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and as simple as if you go in one nil down, you only need one to pull it back, and we did it. Like it, it's no, I didn't I didn't feel we were overrun in the first half. I felt that we were playing a very good team, um, but we were still in the game, and it didn't feel like that. Often when we play those big teams, we're often two or three down before we get up for the hole. So, progress. Chris, Chris, it was not only was it a positive day for Argyle, really, you know, getting a, a replay is good, but we saw some players get some love and some minutes, crucially, that haven't, such as Butcher and Bundu. What were your thoughts on their performance? It was a perfect substitution, wasn't it? Um, easy to say in hindsight, but it felt right at the time. It felt like, again, not being never want to single out individuals, but they felt like the two I'd have taken off or anything else. Um, and both did the job that they were asked to do far better than the player that they replaced. And I think that was the major difference. Butcher, you know, I watched the whole game again, but didn't put a foot wrong and played some fantastic football. And Bundu, Bundu, Bundu. <laughs> Just, you know, hopefully... In fact, let me take a step back. During the week, there was a comment around Bindu, which is was along the lines of he's, you know, Wayne's been doing some good stuff. Um, and Bindu is as well, and he'll get his chance. Like, how prophetic. It, again, if you could give credit to the manager, literally what he said was, this guy will get some minutes. I think he will do well at some point. Yep. And I, I mean, his was unbiased, but was the perfect cameo. Again, he didn't... Just looks the yep. complete player. Tom, they... So these these guys came on and made an impact, but they were crucial in the goal, weren't they? Yeah, they were. I think you have to applaud the substitution. We got those right. Um, I wasn't. I don't know enough about Leeds to see it from their point of view, but judging by the reaction of Leeds fans, I know they were kind of disappointed that a change didn't come on their part or they didn't counter our changes. They worked. Some solidity in midfield. Um, again, just to Chris's point, I don't want to dig out the, the two players that came off because 
kind of on the spot at the start, I want to praise the positives of the Caleb Roberts selection, Archie, even though, you know, let's be honest, he was a player who uh, made mistakes. He's a young guy and he made mistakes, so it was right for him to come off, but that doesn't mean it was a bad call or bad decision. But it's about expect it's what you expect of somebody who's just come through the youth team and suddenly thrown into that versus someone like Callum Wright, who, again, is not from Plymouth. That's not his fault. Um, but he was brought in to do a. He's been signed by our club to do a job, isn't he? So your expectation of Callum is going to be different. And Callum's had a few run, run of matches now where he's not quite finding his feet, finding his form, and there are starting to be some question marks over whether this is temporary or permanent. Um, uh, Tom, quick question: When was the last time you saw Callum Wright impress? <sighs> That is a good question. Wasn't prepared for that. I'll come back to you on that. I appreciate you'd asked me about the positives on on Butcher and Bundu and, and their impact on the goal. Let's let's focus on that. Um, it was the right change. It felt like the right change. Mm. Uh, and it, like Chris, often reminds me if, if if the fans think it's the right change and it comes to uh, fruition that it was the right call, we all feel a bit bolder that we are all a bit connected with our football team. We understand it a bit better. Um, and it makes sense. I mean, if it didn't work, we'd be sitting here going, it didn't work. But it, it made sense, didn't it? Someone who's, you know, not sort of overawed by that occasion, Matt Butcher, although he's not played at Ellen Road too many times in his career, if at all. Um, we know he can, mm. we know what he can do. He can um, break up play and he can find a pass. And he did, though, he did that in a split second, didn't he? I thought possibly the best contribution Matt Butcher's made, or certainly this season. Um, he was very good toward the end of last season, so I won't say it's the best of his career, which I'm keen to reach to often at the moment. Finds Bundu. Playing to Bundu's strengths is sort of a couple of touches of pace and brilliance, and he found the perfect pass. There was brilliant off-the-ball running from, I'm going to say, Miller and Hardy and Whitaker, And, of course, Randall. The decoy runs, opening up a bit of space for him. And uh, Adam taking the touch, finding the net, which... If we go back to Watford away and a few other times earlier in the season, he's not done that. Um, so it all clicked in a split second, and football's about fine margins, Archie. Um, yeah. Like you said, we were we were in the we did enough to keep ourselves in the game. We've changed it so we're not sort of cut adrift. Yes, we weren't competing in that first half, um, but we weren't overrun, like Chris said, and and that, that's the advantage of playing this way, where you're still in the game. It only takes a split second, and it was a brilliant move. It was one of my favourite moves of recent memory, if I'm being honest. If you think of the calibre of opposition we're playing, Archie, what's at stake? Yep. The, I, I, the the yeah. regain, the passing, the goal, brilliant. I actually great, think, I think, great effect. I think Randall needs a bit of praise. I know you've, you've given him some, a bit of praise for this finish. And the pass from Bundu, it was with pace and it was just off the ground, wasn't it? It was a point being, to me, <laughs> the, the podcast host, not the professional football player, looked like a difficult ball to take in. And he did it really well. And and it was a good finish. And you referred to Watford where he had a good chance. It wasn't carbon copy, but a similar-ish position. Uh, and essentially kind of fluffed his lines. But he was clinical there. Really, really clinical. I think he had more to do with this one. And, and that's, mm. not to, that's not to say... Yeah, the ball wasn't perfect from Bundu, was it? It was more the invention. You know what I mean, right? The gamble with the run, but yeah, I think he, yeah. I think he had to, you know, beat a few. He put it across a few players. wasn't certain where the runs would go, and Adam had to take it at a bit of pace, switch his feet around. Mm. I think. Mm. Um, yeah, I was really impressed. Every everybody uh, performed at a high level during that move. 
not perfect, but everybody performed at a high level. And that, 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 you know, if we did that five or six times a game, we would come away and go, oh, goodness me, we're a really, really, really good side. Leeds are a good side. Yeah. And I don't think there was a huge amount wrong in what they did. Normally you can sit with a goal, can't you? And go, oh, that was brilliant. But the, the team that lets it in, look at what they did wrong. I mean, other than falling from dummy runs, did did they do a lot wrong leads? I think they were just hit with a really good quality counter-attack. People gambling at good times. Chris, um, you said pre-game that you'd like to um, turn your attention towards Mikel Miller and see what he does well. He's had a, a lot of minutes under Foster, actually. Started three times, and then when he came off the bench for about half an hour against Huddersfield away, he's fit, which is great to see. Argyle have clearly found a way of keeping him fit. And what what did you think about his performance yesterday? He, he, he summed it up towards the end when he had the ball back in the corner and he beat his man twice, looked like a world-class player and then slightly misjudged his pass. And I think that's what they're seeing is give this guy minutes because there is a lot of quality there along with some errors. And I'm just making a personal choice to focus on the good stuff. That was my point is... Again, you know, you're you're more foot, foot mob or whatever than I am, but his stats always look strong, and sometimes it is easier to focus on the misplaced passes than than the good stuff. You know, he's quick. Mm. He had a tough opposition yesterday, and they didn't you know destroy him mm. that far from it. So, I, yeah, me, mine's more the spirit of keep the glass half full because there are there are times you could grow at, at some of the decisions that he makes or the the balls that he plays, but I'm coming round to the fact that I want to focus on the good stuff. The, the ball in the yeah. first half as well. What was him, wasn't it? When when Morgan had a chance, like there was a great ball in from the left. Probably wasn't him. Now I've said that, but <laughs> he does a lot of good stuff, and I'm going to keep focusing on the good stuff. Fantastic, um, Tom. We'll go back to Callum Wright. He said we spoke we spoke a lot about it haven't we that last season he really um saved our bacon a bit didn't he with the departure of morgan in january and he came in and he did he, he hit the ground running from memory and did really well in getting us over the line more than over the line 101 points and champions emphatic stuff but this season it hasn't been great let's be honest it hasn't been great and he's as far as i can see it's one assist and that was in the cup against palace back in september august time not the season calorite would have wanted probably um, he'd been injured. Um, um, that's not what about I just, I think he had a very mm-hmm. prolonged injury, and other players really excelled in his position. Um, Finn Azaz and somebody who plays for Stoke, whose name I can't remember right now. Um, so, um, he's had um, a little bit of a hill to climb, not to call it a mountain, but it's not ideal. Um, in answer to your question, um, What's the last time I can remember him playing well? Yeah, in my this season, I'm finding it hard to pick one out. So that probably tells you a lot. But yeah, that Palace game struck, uh, came to mind. A, a, a good sub appearance against Blackburn, was it maybe? Um, but few and far between. Um, it's not didn't quite click for him for Huddersfield, where he got a chance. Didn't quite click for him at Leicester, or be the opposition were tough. Um, <sighs> In the four, Callum was out of position. I think we've had a we've had a few discussions about this, and we including maybe on Plagathuello, where players were recruited for a three at the back. Schumacher stuck to a four, and a couple of people just didn't fit. And Callum doesn't. Callum's a wide attacker or a ten, yeah, so he doesn't fit in that four. He's not really a wide player for me, 
And mm. if he's playing in a central role, um, I'm not sure the defending is. I'm not sure you know he he can do that role. He can't be that pivot. Um, sounds like I'm finding excuses for him, Archie. And I am, and I'm conscious that Blackpool released him. Conscious he wasn't good enough, and and have I got a bit of bias or favoritism towards him because of his contributions in in the League One season? Yeah, possibly. Um, Blackpool also released Ryan Hardy. I think he wasn't good enough, by the way. So maybe I'm yeah, just, he, I'm that being relevant. It, his injury was big. I didn't quite appreciate that. Nearly two months, just under two months out. After the after the Bristol City game, I believe, away. That's a long, long break. The other, the other thing, though, on that is it's only two weeks ago, three weeks ago that we looked really threadbare. You know, mm. when we were when we and yesterday we had at least five enforced changes, right? So Cooper was out and hasn't had a great game. Um, the, the kind of new three of the four from last week, you had a great second half. Three of those weren't available. Mountain's not around. But squat depth doesn't feel quite the issue it was. If we're kind of trying to say, did Callum Wright have a bit of an iffy game? We're also saying the rest of them did a really good job. Because that was a good lead side yesterday. Mm. Like Galway, Gibson, Phillips looks like a fantastic player. Like I'm a big fan of his. Like we... And when we were rotating, you know, bringing Pleggy on towards the end, it's like, I don't have that, oh my goodness, we're bringing on the B team anymore. Yeah. All right, speaking of, what, one last player that can't, semi-rotation, He's got, we've got no choice at the moment because Cooper's out. Hazard, he seems to be getting a bit more appreciation amongst fans online. Um, he wants to take this one, Connor Hazard. I'll, I'll, let me start. He played really well yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never won. Yeah, the old man in me is not too bothered about goalkeeper distribution, which some people are. Probably is his weakest point. But there was one stop in particular that was very, very good. And I the, think with the with the feet, with the leg, with the feet. Yeah. And, and and earlier in the season, maybe I got it the wrong way round. I was thinking the defence was feeling a bit shaky because they weren't confident in him. I think now the defence looks stronger. He looks more confident. So maybe I did him a disservice, actually, because, right. yeah, I think I'm, I'm not, I don't think Cooper walks back in. They had a great game yesterday. Mm. Um, I, I, a bit of self-reflection here. I'm, I like to think that I don't get carried away by the pluses too much and a player and bothered by the negatives too much, but I find my own, I'm struggling to do that with hazard. I'll come away sometimes thinking, you know, 150 grand was about right. I think that's, that's what I've come away from a couple of games. Sometimes we've been a bit wobbly. And then yesterday I'm thinking, you know, he saved, he saved us the game. Really. We can talk about all the, we can talk about all the work that Foster did, clever tactics, all the changes, all the late passing that's hoping that we're hoping to put together to beat a team who on paper are better than us. <laughs> Football's a bit simple sometimes. You just need a, your goalkeeper to have a worldie in those games, don't you? A bit like the Maidstone keeper did. You know, you just need those things to go against you. And, and he did. And it could have been a world where Hazard was under pressure and bothered by his distribution and making mistakes or overall by a big crowd. And he wasn't. He was... Um, at his best yesterday for me. And um, we're going to need that because we're going to be under the cosh in a lot of games this season, including the home games. We've got tough opponents at home in the league. If we go further in the FA Cup, looks like we're going to be playing sides who are better than us. Um, 
So I, I'm happy with him, Archie. Um, but also, I'm, I think I know myself well enough that if he has a couple of games in a row, I'll be wanting Cooper back. Um, that's not a dig on Connor. I'm just thinking we've got possibly the best goalkeeper in the league. I definitely knew that last mm. year. Could I say it this no. year? I don't see. I've, I've got a. I think Michael Cooper, even though I've had conversations with people who know football a lot better than me, I just don't see keepers turning up who are better than Cooper. I, I, yeah. I generally don't. I see James Trafford went for millions to Burnley. Cooper's better than him. I've seen Ramsdale, when he was at Sheffield United, play against Cooper. For me, Cooper's better than him. Um, I, I, the, side note to this, I need to have a debate with people who understand football a lot more why Michael Cooper's not playing in the Premier League. So mm. I... When when he doesn't play, we are severely disadvantaged because what it, whatever it's an it, it's incredible asset to us, and even bigger one to be honest. If people aren't clicking and seeing how good he is, um, that's not a dig at Hazard. I just he, he's not he's not as good as Cooper. But yeah, I don't, nobody. It, I have no. I don't think anybody can fairly or reasonably expect that of him. He did well yesterday. Yeah. Tom, you kind of flirted around it a bit there. I mean, the harsh reality of it is that we. I mean, I think Morgan's kind of taking that spotlight, that pressure away from. Michael Cooper, isn't he? Being our number one jewel in the crown now in terms of that big monetary asset. But Michael Cooper's going to hopefully be that as well. But if he doesn't play, he'll decrease in value, won't yeah, he? I'm, need... I'm not sure he is. I'm not sure he is because... Not he... sure he is what, sorry? I'm, I'm Decreasing sure in value? No, because I think the injuries are a thing now. You know, it's taking mm. it nearer to his contract expiry. He's been injured a lot mm. in his career, I would say. It's... You take these two in before these two injuries. I wouldn't say he's above average, but he is above average now. Um, what, a, what what's available to look at for a club that wanted to buy him that couldn't have bought him already? Um, he's going to have conceded a lot of goals. I mean, look, we could say this about Morgan Whitaker and Finnis Ash. Yeah, they were they're doing the stuff they were doing last year, albeit they've just proven it at a higher level. So that's gauging an interest, and Whitaker's getting numbers, so we associate with that. Oh, some. Premier League team's going to see his numbers and eventually buy him. But obviously Cooper's in a team's led in a lot of goals. Um, so I'm not sure anybody looking at that thinking, oh, Cooper's, you know, can do it at a championship level. This is what we now know. I think goalkeepers, I think people are looking at KPIs beyond that, Archie, because Trafford never played at champ level, went to Prem. Mm. Bazunu never played at champ level, went to Prem. You know, I don't see it, whether it's you know how slight he is or his height or something i don't get it. but i'm i'm not convinced michael cooper will ever leave our club i'm just not if if, if people well, don't want to buy him now why wouldn't they ever unless he goes on a free which i'd hate to think about yeah he seems to be forever signing 18 month or 12 month contract extensions doesn't he how long has he got left now not this summer but next that's it uh, no yeah, idea. Twenty-five. You'd be, be unsurprised to hear. So I, the other thing is, I think we've done yesterday a little bit of the service. I know we're still talking about it, but I, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I think the second half on the back of the first against a team of that quality is not something that we should take for granted. And we almost won it in the end. I mean, we were, you know, six inches away from a ball nestled in the bottom corner like it was very very close their manager kind of said as much as well you know we held our own yesterday with a lot of i, I say it on the back of the cooper piece because we we still had players out you know we've come a long way from the little old plymouth we really have very quickly and we need to mm. remember that 
we had a shaky-ish first half, which even then wasn't a disaster. A really good second half with a team that, you know, they've got two or three players that cost more than you could buy a club for. Like, that's that's a good thing. So, any last when points big, when, there's a big, when there's a big cup upset, because obviously Chris and I, you know, the Maidstone result, I know it's a Plymouth Argyle podcast, but we love football, yeah, and that's what football's all about, seeing a team who've got no right to win a game, have two shots, score them both, and concede 38 shots. The 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 down the slight downside for Maidstone doing that earlier on in the day is it kind of made everybody else's result underwhelming, um, yeah. <laughs> which, which might be an advantage for us like, flying in under the radar. Um, we we've got to bring Leeds down to Home Park. It's a long trip. Yes, they're a good side, but you know Ipswich are a good side and uh, seem to seem to be on a par with Leeds. Certainly, that's what the league points would tell us, and we've given them a game. So um, yeah, I think what was telling Chris was. We, we we've within that 90 minutes again a bit like that Cardiff game it was a long journey to goodness me we're not really in this game to at the end of the game competing it so well that actually the last 24 hours where people are looking at who we've got in the cup draw or something I think they're making too much of a presumption that we're automatically going to go and compete in the replay because that's a tough ask again in itself Mm-hmm. It, sh- it sure is. Uh, all right, we'll leave things there just to uh, wrap up that Mike Cooper chat. Michael John Cooper, born on <laughs> October the 8th, 1999, in Exeter. I didn't know that, actually. Uh, his contract expires in June 2025. So, yeah, let's see. Let's see if he does leave on a free or is with Plymouth Agar for life, like Tom said. All right, back with you in a bit. All right, welcome back to part two. Chris, in part one, you were talking about... Uh, how we're feeling, or you're feeling a lot more confident seeing Argyle rotate slightly out of necessity due to various reasons yesterday like we, that we detailed. It's interesting, isn't it? Because about what, 10 days ago, or if that, you know, as a fan base, at least online, we were lo- losing our collective minds. Well, say we, I don't, a lot of people were. I think as, as a group here, we're fairly level headed. <laughs> maybe not all of us, but fairly level headed. But there's a lot of people who were getting really touchy, weren't they? As you know, as Az was leaving and all those outgoings were happening. But yeah, two weeks is a long time in football. Against a really challenging backdrop, right? I think we need to look back at, you know, give more credit, especially now, to Juice Nip and Banks. Yeah, that was a difficult time. We had a lot of players gone, a manager just left. And our results during that period were not bad at all. You know, there was another world where we were completely destroyed. We weren't. I think what, yeah, what do people think online? Who cares? What I think it did was test a lot of our, I'm not saying we ever felt this, but it, it was a test of the philosophy of the club, which is never panic, look at the data, look at the bigger picture. And during that period, we've lost only one game in 10. Yep. Like, and I personally, yesterday it was like, oh, it's a shame those loan signings aren't around. They've only played a couple of games, but that bodes relatively well, right? No. There's, it's validated that things that maybe people were doubting, that we do still have the connections to bring in high quality youngsters to replace some of the people that have left, that the manager looks credible. I think that yeah. was the period where, just emotionally, when you've lost a manager and lost one of your best players, you're thinking, "How? where do we go from here? Interesting thing is the 31st of January this week, but do we have to do it all again? 
Like, you know, <laughs> like we all back next week go, well, we had a nice two weeks with a decent squad. And now, you know, someone's yeah. come in and poached a couple more. But even if that happens, I, I think it's proving that what we all know deep down, but maybe we found challenging for a couple of weeks, which is the club is doing things the right way. We may be the victim of people with more money, but we've come out of it all right. We really have so far. Tom, how do, how do you feel the club and Foster, to an extent, have have navigated those waters? Really well. Really well. Um, perfectly, really, other than chucking stupid amounts of money at it. Um, mm. It clearly wasn't in the plan for all the three loan players to leave. Um, Five. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I, the, the three I was thinking of mainly were uh, Azaz, yeah. Uh, Cundall and Kane Kessler Hayden, all employed by Premier League teams and very high quality. I think we all sort of sourly shrugged our shoulder with Kane Kessler Hayden when I've reflected on that. Actually, I think that's a big loss if Aston Villa think he's good enough to be anywhere near their team, by the way. Um, and look, we've that's out of our control. We've gone and then got replacements that on current evidence look like they fit into a system. Why that's refreshing, mate, is the 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 median reply if i went online it was come on hallett get your checkbook out you know we can't compete at this level and why it's reassuring that we've brought players in without having to do that and we've had a couple of good results we're on the back of a one defeat in 10 now like chris said and we've gone to leeds with a lot of players missing and competed we've got players who wouldn't get in the lead side doing things that are effective is testament to calm heads at our club and we should be grateful these people running our club that they don't react like 90 percent of the population where you go and spend 10 million quid because you panic and you get a marginal gain for it um mm. i'm delighted that we don't do that but you can see why it happens in my head archie we we operate our football club or the, the club operates with intelligence which seems to be a commodity in football right now and in, in my mind, I'm like, well, as soon as everybody becomes more, you you, don't, you you as soon as everybody matches your intelligence, it goes back to the money. Yeah, it goes back to your means. But I'm confident that that won't happen anytime soon because you can just see across the majority of people who consume football, the breadth of patience and intelligence is quite wide. And I back we're, we're at the right end of that for me. And I back, you know, other people to not be, whether it's our own fans or people who run other clubs. So yeah. It's been a good exercise for that. We brought players in, like Chris said, it's a, a, a two weeks long time in football for me, but we've got some replacements. Yeah, man for man, are they better? Probably not. But we are where we are. We've got a manager who can make good effect of the resources he's got. And we've gone to Leeds United, Archie, with loads of players missing, played a 19-year-old who's barely played any football and put on a player who, myself included, wrote off Matt Butcher yesterday at 2pm as off to League One on loan. Um, and what do I know? You know, and and yeah. Bundu plays, and I read I, I read Foster's comments where he said Bundu will get his chance, which meant which historically is code for shut up, I'm not picking, I'll pick him when I want. And here we are, Sunday night, and they were both instrumental in turning that game round. But that yeah. brings us back to what we were talking about in the first half, right? That's what I like about Foster is that when he said that, it was. It was. A, it's now seems to be a statement of fact, yeah. rather than code for he's no good. You know, he literally said he's okay. 
He's doing some good things. He'll get his chance. He came on and got his chance. But I'm with you. Like, we're so used to the kind of bizarre, coded language of football managers that you start over-interpreting what he said transpired. Mm. Um, and if he doesn't start next week, I will be like, what's the guy got to do, Bundu, to get in this team? But maybe it's all that. He needs to do that again, right? Maybe, yeah, maybe, Chris, maybe he is brilliant when the other team are tired. That's when we bring Chris, him on. Chris, to bring you back to your point about how you, you're, you're feeling a sense of calmness regarding Argyle's rotation and just the kind of state of play at Plymouth Argyle right now, I think, I believe we mentioned it at the time, after Schumacher left, I think we all said it was Simon Hallett's and Andrew Parkinson's biggest test during their Argyle reign. If they were on right now, they may say something completely different. As they actually was actually in June last year when X and Y happened off off the pitch, and we have no idea. But to, to my mind, as a fan looking from the outside in, that was a huge, huge challenge for them to overcome. And we're now what was it, game number four with Foster, if you count Sutton. And it's like, it's like everything everything's come back to normal. You know, this is feeling. This doesn't feel like game four, does it? It do, and it's. I think it's a huge, huge credit that they managed to get through that period of a manager jumping ship a week before Christmas. And now that we've got this seemingly very good replacement in, and, and, and they were really, way, we, there's no yeah, way. Well, maybe there is a way. It's more than likely that those loan players have been identified before, right? They didn't just start mm. calling Spurs. Hello, like, well, a bit of trouble here. So that comes back to the fact that they, I do have faith that they, we are always on the lookout and always planning, right? Like you don't, Maybe I'm again might be completely wrong, but it feels like they a lot of those players were identified even if we'd have kept our manager, right? That they were in the hopper in some way, shape, or form. That we could attract a manager of that caliber is great, and all the evidence is you know, on his performance, he was a favorite. That is the exception to the rule in these circumstances, in this division, frankly. Um, you know, I quite like. Of all the appointments recently, even though they're still struggling, Wednesday seemed to have, on paper, picked someone that was a bit out of left field, but great. But other than that, it's just the same wheel of people that sort of did okay here, and now they're going to go there. And like, we are standing up to the fact that we want to do more or less. Exactly, and this was the point, wasn't it? Because. Uh... I mean, Argyle might say we knew, we saw the potential, but then I think it, possibly even they would admit there was a stroke of luck that they had Stephen Schumacher there in-house, already made a, you know, a appointment replacement for Lowe. You know, they probably, they if they asked them, they'd probably say we saw that potential in the interview. I sure, I'm sure they would also admit that, you know, there's an element of luck that he came with Lowe. That, you know, it doesn't happen a lot that you see that. So this was, they really had to start from scratch with this. And um, it was interesting because I was listening to Five Live today and who was Dale Vince, Forrest Green Rover. They just got Steve Cottrell in. He was the most un-Forrest Green manager ever, maybe apart from Duncan Ferguson. And they're kind of ripping up this, the rule book of what makes them Forrest Green. And even to start again, I'm kind of admitting they've got various things wrong over a 24-month process. Um, but yeah, it's it's really, we're standing up to a really, really strong test, I feel, Tom. and. Uh, yeah, early days, but I'm mightily impressed. Well, that's, uh, you said Forest Green. I think that's their fourth manager of the season. If you go back to before, um, you know, we uh, Schumacher did the dirty on us and we built up this visceral towards him, you want continuity. Yeah, as much as we can praise 
um, the recruitment decision. Nobody wanted to do it because there's a load of reasons why this could have gone a different way. Yeah, the, the players could have reacted differently. We could have had a lot more transfer requests. It could have gone wrong. So nobody wanted to do that. There's no there's no point here sitting smug going, actually, you know, this was this is all part of the plan. We we wanted the continuity. I think Simon's been pretty public before about saying he doesn't want to be that club that just cycles managers. Um so <laughs> we didn't want to do it, but we've had to. We lost the, we didn't want to lose the players, but we've had to. And I can only re- praise the reactions of the of the the club Archie because there's been a lot of noise. They've not listened to it. Don't think they ever were going to. I think the current board and executive team aren't swayed by that. I think they just double down on what they believe to be right and cut out all the noise. Um, and that's worked for them almost <laughs> totally from from date 2019 or whatever when we were relegated to League Two. The strategic decision making of the ball has been nigh on perfect. Um, can it stop players leaving? No. Can it stop other rich clubs coming and throwing a checkbook at our assets and taking away? No. So why I feel this is an upgrade is we've now got a manager who, for me, seems to be able to make more out of what he's got. I know that's easy for me to sort of... I'm not trying to write off Schumacher's work. He he did that last year. He he got the sum of our parts. Uh, he, he made us the better the sum of our parts last year to to win that division and put us in his division this year. He, he didn't for me. I'm not saying that out of spite. Now I think we were pulling at the back and we were relying on individual talent, which what is why when we lost as as on a personal note, you guys would have known, you know, I was very concerned about that one because I thought we were hugely reliant on individual talent. I think in football, there's too much assumption that an individual, uh, uh, what difference an individual makes. I think in football, when people go, oh, Morgan goes, this will mean blah, 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 blah. We went to Leeds yesterday. Morgan had probably one of his quieter games. I then came away from that thinking, goodness me, let's say he didn't play yesterday, but we had 15 million quid. Yeah? What what does that mean for us? So I'm seeing things all the time, thinking, actually, we need to go back to what we were good at last year, which was making all of our areas a little bit better and not putting all of our chips on one number. Um, mm. And I think in Foster we've got a better coach to do that because I think he appears just on the face of a few games better at organizing us defensively, making us more solid and putting a system together where players who aren't as good as the individuals on the other team couldn't cause them some problems. Yeah. Just by being better organized and better prepared. Well, Schumacher it, did do that for me last year. I didn't see it in the first half of this season, if I'm being honest. Well, and maybe there's, again, to use your words, it's early days, but if you take our previous two managers, they did a lot of good stuff. They really did. Like, let's, from a, what they achieved on the pitch when they were at their best, what they achieved. But I don't think we can underestimate how much that is in the environment that they were in. Yeah. Like, it's, it's early for Schumacher, but low from the Preston guys, when we spoke to them, was he's all right when it works, but struggles when it doesn't which was his Achilles heel for us. And, you know, hubris is not a good thing, but hearing Schumacher yesterday saying we were the better team, you know, if we keep playing like that, I'm disappointed because we had all the play and we didn't finish enough to win. I think they they maybe lose some of the counterbalance that they get with the infrastructure that they have. I think that we maybe 
that is what I mean about the long-term vision of the club. I always come back to it that it is not just about that individual. It's about the way that individual fits into a broader footballing infrastructure and a broader footballing culture. Yeah, and absolutely. That, yeah. that really matters. I think long-term, that's the bet that we made. That was the bet that was made early. And Tom, to your point around, we want to play attacking football. We want to be a family club. I think a lot of people think, oh, that doesn't make a difference. Well, actually, as a marginal gain, it's it's not marginal. I think it could be something that really, really benefits us. Yeah, I think to summarise, my point would be that, is that we knew we had all this stuff or we read, you know, you read the, the mission statements, you watched the videos, the fan forums. But it's, to my mind, this is the first time there was a proper stress test applied to that Argyle hierarchy and to, to that philosophy in general, you know, because if, if it was rubbish, if it was rubbish, we would have found out about three weeks ago. We would have found out. You know, and, you yeah. know, you know what I mean? But it survived it's a, that test. It's a big week ahead. You know, it still stands true if someone comes in and offers crazy money for one or two of our best players. And if we lose four out of the six next games that are difficult on paper, it's still true. You know, if we're river into the mean or deviate into the mean Tom you can keep me straight on the terminology <laughs> the standard line that runs through this and we sit above it sometimes and below it is consistent family run club with a positive culture that does more for less that that doesn't change because we have a bad weekend yesterday we had a good one yeah absolutely uh, we've kind of referred to it a bit the, the transfer window the end of that transfer window is uh, fast approaching Luckily, the talk on Morgan leaving is seemingly quietened down. Which is exactly um, when shit happens, by the way. Yeah, yeah, that's right. what age well. That's what age well. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, why, did you, why did you choose to leave in the end, Morgan, while I was listening to this podcast? And, um... <laughs> um, anyway, to, su- to summarise, what, what are we wanting from the, from the remaining... How many weekdays have we got left? Three, four days left of the month of the transfer window. Tom, what are you expecting, wanting, hoping to see? Well, I'm consciously partisan. I don't want our side to weaken, so I don't want to see any sales. I'd like to see a bit of this cup uh, run money sort of um, calculated as to what that, and and brought forward into our budget if we can. Um, We're pretty cash positive club, so we should be able to do that. Um, And if there are good players available to strengthen, I probably would, the cup run Archie would, would be for me, a marginal tip of if we if we're on the fence of whether we needed players, I think we just need bodies. Because right. I think now if we beat if we were to beat Leeds in the replay, we have six consecutive weeks of two two games in a row. We put a whole transfer kitty behind that last season in League One. I know it's horses for courses. Um but the 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 middle League One season we ran out of legs. Last season in League One the board put some money into into bringing in bodies and bringing in numbers in January to make sure we didn't run out of legs. The one disadvantage of this cup run, which we won't know until we've done the end, is is it is it just good for our confidence and our form to get some momentum going to the extent that that's a thing, or does it knacker us out? Uh, obviously, there'll be some rotation forced because of the cup availability. So I think in central midfield we're okay, um, but if there are players that fit our brief around. I'm keen to get them, um, possibly a couple of loans because I don't want us to spend money on players that aren't going to yield us a return, but we could do with some cover, so possibly some loan signings, Archie. And uh, I would any, obviously not like to see anybody go. 
Well, yeah, that was going to be my question. Any outgoings that you think, yeah, not not your Morgan Whiskers, any possibly a Matt Butcher, although yesterday played very well, obviously, but that kind of calibre of player. No, no, not. I think, um, I think, I don't want to be too reactionary because I don't, but I don't see Butcher in training. I only see him in his cameos, which haven't been a lot recently. And if he can do that, then, and and obviously we're going on a cup run, so we're going to be short midfielders. He's going to be perfect for that. Um, loans going out. I mean, players like Wayne and Isaka and Roberts, what I thought with Caleb yesterday, Archer, what was good experience for him is he needs more of that, but we yeah. aren't going to have the opportunity to risk him again, I would say. I would rather, if we need players in reserve, which we do have, I'd rather we loaned our players, gave them minutes, developed them, and borrowed other clubs' players and stick them on the bench. Now I get that's cake and eat it, because what club's going to lend us a player to stick on the bench? But I'm just hoping some club Ever- just Everton. maybe, maybe yeah, maybe just want them off, off their payroll or mm. just aren't really thinking that straight. So, yeah. um yeah, to be honest, I would probably just look at using a couple of those loan spots just to cover maybe, you know, uh, Wayne Osaka and Caleb going out. They, those guys need minutes. Yeah, I thought that was good for Absolutely. Caleb yesterday. But what I saw with Caleb is obviously a good player in there that impresses the coach, but he's not going to get many minutes to... You, you can't give him too many baptisms, baptisms of fires because sometimes they could go in a different direction. Caleb needs no. to go and get some minutes a la Adam Randall did and like Will Jenkins-Davis is doing now. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, we've got two loan spots available, like you said, so it'll be interesting to see if we um, occupy them. I imagine one of them will be uh, come next week, um, but yeah, we'll see. All right, time for a break. You can get on with your quiz. All right, welcome back to part three, Swansea away, back to league football. Tom, what are your thoughts on it? I'll be there. Uh, I think it's a very good chance of our first win of the season, given how good we looked at Leeds, given how bad they were at Bournemouth in the first half. Um, Thor doesn't really work like that, though, does it? But um, they, we would rather be going into that game on with the confidence that we've got, and we'd rather our opponent went into it on the back of a 5-0 thrashing um, yeah. with a new manager. you know. But that guy's no chump, Luke Williams, so um, they won't be terrible for long for my money. Obviously, Swansea are... Good club with a big budget. I think they're near the top of the table in terms of budget of players, clubs that don't have parachute money. But it'd be a good time to play them. They're low on confidence. I don't think Morgan gave a great account of himself in the home game. I think he'll be wanting to put that right. Um, I fancy this. This feels like the one. Are they not on a bit of a high after their Luke Williams returned? Um, well, that certainly didn't appear to be the case in the cup against Bournemouth. No. Um, I I think they're 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 a little bit like maybe Stoke and maybe Man United. They're kind of club that are sort of not really looking at the manager to to target their anger. I think they're done with the hierarchy. Um, so I don't think right. the manager is going to have much of an impact on that. Um, uh, going to attend the game with a couple of friends of mine, fans of the pod, by the way, Reese and Will. Hello. Um, mm. uh, Reese has gone to games. Uh, Swansea for a long time. Um, there was a time where you just couldn't get tickets, a bit like Argyle now. Um, and now you can. Um, I don't think there's a no Archie. I don't think there's a good feeling around the club. Obviously, a positive movement with the manager, but they bloody took their time to get him. Um, and, and I don't think that's the issue there. I think it's a wider cultural piece. Yeah, yeah. And we've done this conversation to death, haven't we, about the upcoming fixture run? 
but I feel like Swansea away, it's the slight pressure on to get at least a draw for me. Well, if you look at, so Saturday, mm-hmm. keeping our away to Blackburn, Huddersfield play Sheffield Wednesday. Well, it's quite nice that only I'm thinking about that, by the sounds of it. Well, it wasn't that long ago. Every game was a six-pointer. They're, they're below us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it feels I've... like it's quite nice at the moment that that's a mid-table battle that I think we've got a chance of doing okay in. Mm. Yeah, I, sh- I want to keep it a mid-table battle. And I think in order to do so, we need to, yeah. That's why that Cardiff win was massive, Archie. We we were kind of told to calm down going into it, but I was like you thinking this feels massive because not, not because it was must win, but if we won it, it's going to take so much heat off of this game coming, of, of the pressure mm. to get results in what's an incredibly tough run thereafter. Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, with a couple of visits to Leeds United thrown in there, maybe a Chelsea or a Villa. Um, so, yeah, look, big t- come up for air this week. Um, I think it's a really good chance to go and assert ourselves at a, uh, at a team who aren't in form. I think we've got all the tools to win that game. A, a balance of not being complacent, but not being, uh, not thinking too much about it, Archie, so that we put too much pressure ourselves to win. No. Um, if we play anything like we did uh, yesterday, Albeit even without those better play- the, the 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 preferred players, I think we'll win the game. Fantastic! Right, let's move on to the FA Cup. They did it in the um, afternoon this time, didn't they? Which was kind of them last time. It was after the pod. Chris, of course, we've got to navigate or get through Leeds at home. They won't be too happy about that. So some of their fans commenting that we should be playing in League A, not the Championship, such as our the situation of Plymouth. Um, Villa or Chelsea await? What are your feelings about that? Away, of course. I just... It's... I can't speak. To me, who cares? We've got big leads. Like, if you start thinking about that, it's so dangerous. We've got other games to play. I don't think we're that club anymore. Like, I've learned from... You know, we're not Tim Pot. It's not like, oh my God, everyone's going to avoid tackles because they want a big away cup tie. Yeah, I do you. still think there is a little bit of Mr. Lovell in me saying take each game as it comes and definitely don't start thinking about an away game at Premier League team yeah. until we've got one. Yeah, Tom, it's a good point, isn't it? Because I remember, I distinctly remember when the Chelsea draw came out two years ago or so and feeling like Christmas had come early. I didn't blink today, albeit we're not there, crucially, like Chris said. But I think there has been possibly a slight mentality shift. Well, we've got better. We're in a better league. Uh, I think you might have. Changed. I think you might have felt a bit different had we won yesterday, um, yeah. and you knew it was happening. I would. I think I, that, I think sorry, that's exactly my point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were definitely playing one of those two. Hooray! But we're not. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it before. We, we talked briefly off air about like, when Newport we beat Newport to play Liverpool. Yeah, I think that was another. That was a replay. So. You know, I think Eastleigh would have played Man United this weekend if they'd beaten Newport. So yeah, I, I, you could you could only get hurt, can you, by by looking forward in those instances. Um, to do Leeds United over uh, a fourth round tie and a replay is a big achievement. Yeah, I mean, I know I, I'm with you, Chris. I don't want to be Tim Pot, but it's still Leeds United. Yeah, and they're still on. They're on Premier League money. They're as good as a Premier League team for my money. To 
being the better of him over two legs, normal, normally over two legs, that's harder. Yeah, the, the, that's a reversion to the mean, yeah. <laughs> you, you've got to be better than him over two matches. is really impressive. Um, it's just good to know, Archie, that if we do do that, that we get, um, we've got a nice tie to, to follow with, not a, not a banana skin and, and not somebody in our division, which obviously I, I get people from the last draw were a little disappointed in, but, um, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm looking only at what we need to do to beat Leeds at home. That's going to be a tough ask. I, I, w- I was going to ask, do you have any preference? But then you said you, you don't want to look past Leeds. Well, no, no. You uh, can ask me if I got, you guys yeah. got a preference. Um, yeah. uh, yeah. Villa. Villa for me. Chris? Sorry, I was just shouting Villa at exactly the same time <laughs> over and over again. Villa, 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 Villa. Not yeah. a, we've, done, we've done Chelsea. Yeah. Apologies Bigger to anyone state. that supports them, but I can't stand them. Bigger, um, better club. Yeah. I, Bigger, better stadium. Bit of history there for us as well with a cup final, semi final. There's also also not many that aren't. I've seen Plymouth Argyle play most football league teams. There's only a handful that haven't, and uh, Villa's one of them. So I'd like to see Villa there. And also a bit of Villa Park, which we've got, I mean, somewhat in our folklore as Plymouth Argyle. So Mm. Villa all the way. We played Chelsea recently. Um, The advantage if we do get Chelsea is I think that's probably the more winnable game. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, such is the situation there. All right, guys, any last words on the FA Cup before we move things on? I bloody love it, and the win is still on. Yeah, it's been a great, it's <laughs> been a great weekend for it. Yeah, um, and and it's still possible to not go full shiny tinfoil FA Cup patronising about it either. Like they, we talked about this all season, that you know, there's two extremes. It's either concentrate on the league or it's the most romantic thing in the world. I, I genuinely do think yesterday was a reminder of how unique it is. It doesn't happen in many other sports, no matter in how many other leagues where someone gets that opportunity. And I will, I will remember, I will bizarrely look at a group of semi-pros singing Adele in a changing room more fondly than I will on our one or draw at Leeds. So that says something. Right. It was good, 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 good day for FA Cup stock. Don't think anybody was worried about writing it off to concentrate on the league yesterday, Archie. Which is good. It needs it, the cup needs that, you know, because it gets forgotten about sometimes. But for me, it's still that's what football's about. Yeah, not just what position you finished in the league last year. All right. Well, speaking of the FA Cup, that will be the theme, the base, if you like, for this week's quiz. Chris, nice and easy one. This is not the quiz. This is a wee warm up. When was the last time Plymouth Argyle were in the hat for the fifth round draw? I don't know. No idea. 2013. Mm, no, it's got to be when we made the quarters. Maybe yeah. 07, was it? Yes. Yeah, there you, there you go. Pre-season goal. Was that the quiz? <laughs> yeah, that's it over. Thanks oh, for listening. God for no. that. So, 2000 and 2007 was to the day we beat it's the, way, it's the, way, the way you tear up like 2007 like oh what like well, it was one all of I know is that was in... after 2006 and before 2008 shut up it was one of our most iconic moments as a club as Ian Holloway led Argyle to a cup run which obviously ended at home to Watford but Chris on <laughs> yes. the way to the quarterfinal in the fourth round Back in 2007, I'm trying to use a different kind of voice now just to keep it fresh. Um, we beat Barnet away. Do you know what the score was, anyone? 
Uh, was it 2-0? Yes, there we go. That also wasn't the quiz, just another little warm-up in there. Is this like some two. sort of quiz treadmill? <laughs> start two nil. Nice and slow with two. a free quiz. 2-0, and it had one of the most iconic goals in recent history, or albeit 2007 is arguably not too recent anymore, but very, very iconic goal. And what I want you guys to do is simply name the players, Plymouth Argyle players, that played at Barnet all, all the way back in 2007, the last time we got through a fourth-round uh, game. I, I appreciate we haven't quite got through yet, but we didn't lo- We didn't lose. The last time we didn't lose in the fourth round, let's say that. <laughs> so, Chris, are you with me thus far? I understand it. Right, that's, that's progress. There was, there was only 13 players involved that day, as in on the pitch. That's all I'm interested in. Those Can I Google got- <laughs> Those who got game time. 13 players who played under Ian Holloway. So we're talking a really, really iconic... Uh, Argyle side, I would argue. January, it was dark. A, a, a fantastic solo goal from a player on loan from Chelsea. I can't give you any more um, oh, oh. Hints, hints than that. Any questions? Who started in the Plymouth Argyle Barnet game in 2007? <laughs> <laughs> right. Chris, you're feeling confident. We'll start with you. Team up. Um, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. It's around then, wasn't it? He he was, but he's um he he didn't get on the pitch. So, so that's oh, you're joking. So that's so that's that's a, that's a yellow card. He hadn't had a yellow card for a while. But there's there there's a few other Hungarians that day, Chris. I'll leave that with you. Tom, I I'm pretty sure Timar didn't start because uh, I know uh, somebody who scored the goal that day, not the one you're talking about, Archie, but that guy was Hasni Aljofri. He scored a penalty, so he yeah, would have played yeah. instead of Timar. Yeah, I often find it funny that he he took the penalty, <clears throat> but yeah, he did, didn't he? Hasni Aljofri scored a penalty. Right, Chris, back to you. What other Hungarian? Uh, was, are you talking about Scott Sinclair? Did he score that goal? Yeah, that famous Hungarian. Yeah, Scott Sinclair. <laughs> no, you said somebody who was from Chelsea scored yeah, a great goal. I did. I, I did. So Scott Sinclair did score a fantastic goal in, um, I think, in the 80th minute or so. Yeah, an amazing solo effort. Scott Sinclair. Yeah, number, th- number three. Right, so, so far, I've got someone from the right season who, by the sound of it, was injured. And, and not remembering that is a huge issue. And one right. Oh. Yes, you're doing well. You're doing well. I don't think there's been any criticism coming your way thus far. Oh, can't see it. They can't see your contemptuous face. <laughs> Tom, number three. Two players thus far. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Akos Buzaki. Yes, Akos. Akos did play. Came on as a sub, I believe. <clears throat> no, went, went off. Went off. Went off and was replaced by who? I wonder. Right, Chris. Halmosi. Yeah, <laughs> he is. Peter Halmosi. Good side. This good players in there. Can I, I can only think whenever I grilled cheese always makes me think of him. Bloomy. Of Peter Halmosi. Right, okay. I see what you're doing there. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the mind of Chris Allen. Uh, Tom Cup. <laughs> Um, Barry Hales. Yes, he 
Argyle's top scorer that season, I believe, actually. Barry Hales. I think he's actually technically still playing, which is quite incredible. Barry Hales. Is he? Really? I think so, yeah. Maybe that'll be next week's quiz. Right. That was our fifth player. So, Chris. We've got, we've got some huge... Apart from the striker, there's one striker we haven't named who I'd argue is not iconic. The rest are household Argyle names, so no pressure. Uh, Larry <laughs> No? He is household. <laughs> but you didn't, say, you didn't lock it in. You didn't lock it in, so we'll, we'll try again. Okay, we've got a duck. Okay, let me. Okay, I haven't done this for a while. I'll give you. A, I'm going to give you a load of clues now, all at once. <laughs> so don't shout out like you did last time. I will say, yeah, appropriately, right. you're going to talk to me like I'm six. Carry on. <laughs> well, load of clues. Dutch, Dutch. C, 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 up, say up. Yeah, I was going to give you more than one clue, but right. Yeah, seat, muscle seat, number six, seven. Um, e, d, 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 d. I remember the game. The game after the fifth round game against Derby. It was a good okay. game. I was there. One of my favourite days at home park. Uh, Scott Sinclair scored that day as well. But the other goal scorer was Kevin Gallon. Yeah, so he was the one I was referring to. That car- that wild card, if you like. Kevin Gallon was up front with Barry Hales. Um, yeah, probably not the fastest strike duo you ever ever seen. But um, yeah, Kevin Gallon. All right, that's play number seven. We're getting there. Chris. Clues dried up, have they? Well, I, I, I was going to give you some, but again, you, you... Okay, right. Keep them, and I will give you them. So, we've got another very iconic Argyle goalkeeper, not Lario, but the other one. A Northern Irish fullback, an English fullback. An English fullback, that's helpful. Um, an old McCorm- Frenchman. McCormick? <laughs> Yep, that's that's your clues gone. Thank you. But yeah, McCormick, Luke McCormick, number nine. Um, picking up what you said there, uh, if the Northern Irish fullback is the, I assume the Norwegian-born fullback. Yes, sorry, come yeah. up here, but... Doctor Doctor Who's Tony Capaldi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been a while since we've had a Doctor Who reference, Tony Capaldi. Northern Irish international, but like Tom said, born in Norway. Chris. One of them's been all over socials today. David Norris. Mm. David Norris, that was number 10. So we've only got three left. Who haven't we had? Oh, him. him. Ah, um, I think you mentioned him briefly. Uh, an elderly statesman, even at that point... Uh, je ne sais quoi, yeah. Lillian Nallis. Oh, uh-huh. ça va, Lillian. What a player. Now, where is he now? Assistant manager at Lons? No, Olympic mayonnaise, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're doing well. We're doing, we've only got two left. This is good. Going far better than I thought. Uh, so we've got one a sub that came on product of the Argyle Youth Academy and a defender who won won the league with Argyle in 04 any more clues there pardon me Chris 
Was that the Youth Academy? So yeah, yeah, you've got Youth Academy prospect coming off the bench. Um, his dad has also worked at the club. Summerfield. Yes, uh, Chris, and that is you, home, home and host. You're done. Never in doubt. Never in doubt. No clues or nothing. Yeah. So I try to say that as unpatronizingly as possible. Possible. Well done. <laughs> Good job. Um, one last one, Tom. Uh, what's the position again? Sorry, did you tell me? Full fullback. So we've full had two centre backs. One fullback. And he won the league with Argyle. I thought it was going to be Gosling actually, because Gosling played in the cup in in that derby game. He also played in the Watford quarter final. Yeah, he's not on. He, he might have been on the bench, but he didn't get on the field in this game. Yeah, I remember him and before he went to Everton, him and Luke Summerfield like went to Chelsea for Mourinho to have a look at him. A little oh. little fact lost there in Argyle history there. Fullback who won the league with us. Uh, Capaldi's playing. He's a right back. Um, English, I think you said. Mm. So, uh, yeah, that's where I was going. It's going to be Paul Connolly. It is Paul Connolly. There you go. That's it. Oh, it's a part takeaway, Kevin Gallon. That's a pretty all-star Argyle team, isn't it? Really. Uh, yeah, I mean, Scott Sinclair's cameo was very brief, wasn't it? Yeah, he made an impact. Yeah, very good. A bit like that quiz, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. All right, guys. We, we, we've uh, we've used up all the good stuff at the, part the first part of the year, haven't we? We've got to get really creative these days. Right. <laughs> Noted. Noted. Um, <laughs> all right, th- thank you. Thank you for listening. Sorry, that was the most fantastic nerd down, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. aggressive. Yeah. Bit, bit weak. Yeah. 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 Cheers, Tom. You can do it next week. Um, I enjoyed it. It was brilliant. Bollocks. Thank you, mate. It. Right. Uh, cheers, Chris. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Thank you, Tom. Cheers, mate. Up the Argo. All right. And thank you for listening. And we'll be back with you next week. 